Hey everybody, this is Kayla Doan here with Growth with Girlfriends. If this is your first time joining us, this is a space where we talk about what's working and how we're growing on our path towards creating our best lives. In my life, I am gearing up for a lot of transition. And as I talk to my girlfriends, I hear that there's a lot of shifts happening for a lot of folks right now. And for me, knowing that this change is kind of on the horizon, I've been spending a lot of time thinking about the structures and systems that I have in place that I can bring with me no matter what I'm doing or where I am so that I can fully step into these areas of change and opportunity without feeling like my entire life is chaos. And this brings me to a conversation that I recently had with my girlfriend, Christina, that I would love to share with you today. Christina is a fantastic person and one of my girlfriends on that shortlist that I go to when I'm going through periods of change. And as we talk through what's going on with her and her approach that she's taking to challenges in her life, there are always tidbits that I walk away from our conversation saying, I, I kind of want to steal that for, my, for myself. I, I want to copy that. And I appreciate that Christina is like me. She loves variety, kind of shies away from too much scheduling in her life. And I appreciate that even though she is like that, she is also one of the most regimented people that I have ever met. She has like a morning routine um, that she has perfected over the years. And you just, you can see how much it contributes to really making her thrive. So in this conversation today, we talk about um, Christina's career change. She went from the corporate world. She had this really interesting kind of intermediary state that I think we can all learn from um, where she was taking jobs that actually didn't align with her career path on paper, but set her up to be able to fully explore her next chapter, which is this now successful business that she has. And we also talk about just kind of getting back into those fundamentals of building a morning routine, building a schedule in your life that really works for you. And these are all lessons that I need to hear again. So I hope that this is helpful for you as well. Christina, welcome to the Growth with Girlfriends podcast. I am so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me, Kayla. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Yeah. So over the last couple of years that we've known each other, it has been so cool to watch you kind of change industries, change jobs, and really kind of come into your own as a small business owner. And what I've been so impressed by and what I feel like I'm like stealing tactics to like use in my own life is like how intentional you have been along the way and kind of setting up your environment so that you can do your best work on your growing business. So why don't you kick us off with like what that transition looked like for you kind of going from the corporate world to like where you're at today? Yeah, that's a really great question, Kayla. I feel like on the outside, it's hard to see 
what's going on in somebody's life. And it kind of, I've had a lot of people say to me, oh, well, it just seems like it's such a seamless transition of like, you know, leaving your corporate job to working on your dream business. And that's kind of the first thing I want to just throw out the window is it was not linear at all. Um, and on the outside, it might look that way, but it's, it was just so bumpy along the road. And basically the way that it started was just this desire for feeling really stuck in the grind and just stuck in this job where, you know, it was everything that everyone else thought I should have on paper, you know, this corporate job with the, you know, the title of a senior sales executive and just this job, you know, this career that on paper looked really wonderful um, and other people love to have. But for me, I just was not myself. I was overwhelmed. I was burnt out constantly and just always had this idea of, wow, why? I, I feel like I should be so grateful for this opportunity. Why do I feel like I want something different? And really struggling with that guilt for a long time. It wasn't like just one day I woke up and I said, I can't do this anymore. It was a feeling that was growing for a long time. And it pretty much just came to a point where I had another job opportunity come up that was a complete 180. It was working in a very entry-level position. Um, and I ended up taking that job just so I could have more space um, and mental capacity to pursue my passions. Um, and, you know, that that job transition did not make sense to a lot of people, you know, going from this very, I don't want to say prestigious job, but this job with this title to, you know, working essentially as a front office person. <laughs> um, it was tough on my ego, to be honest with you. Like, it was kind of like, man, is this the right thing? I don't really know if this is what I should be doing. But in my heart, I knew I just needed a change. I needed some space um, and just some sanity back in my life. And that was the first step. It was like a stepping stone for me to be able to then start exploring this coaching avenue, which is where I am now, helping women and their health and wellness, but also helping them just live more intentionally. That's really my passion. Um, and then from there, it was another stepping stone of then stepping away from that office job and eventually working in a restaurant, uh, working even less hours and having more flexibility to be able to really start to build my dream and to really pursue the life that I believe God has, has purposed me for. Um, so it was definitely steps. It wasn't, again, kind of that, let's just jump ship and quit our job and just 100%, you know, throw all of your responsibilities away. I mean, I, I think some people can do that. Um, I had a mortgage to pay. I had other things on my plate. I couldn't completely just chase my dream, I guess, in that way. I had to find some ways to do that but I think that that's also encouraging because it's that's the reality for most of us we have dreams we want to pursue but need to be able to also take care of our responsibilities along the way too yeah I love that and one of the things that you uh, that you said in, in that that really struck a chord with me was like having to deal with your ego through that process so like this past year, I, I really noticed just how much my career was tied to my personal identity in a way that I'm like, this is 
getting to a point where it's not really productive or helping me when my goals don't like nicely fit with the career I happen to be in. Um, so one thing that I started doing this fall and I wonder if, if you had like a similar experience was I actually spent a couple of months trying to not bring up my job at all whatsoever when I would like meet new people or, or be in situations. And it was so hard because I was traveling at the time I was working remotely out in Colorado and and I found that like when I would meet people, I would like instantly want to jump in with like, oh, and I'm from Boston and I work here and like, here's my title and having to really rely on all of the other things that I bring to the table that isn't my career was like kind of like a painful, awkward transition, but it became so helpful for me to kind of start that baby process towards like separating my ego from my career. Um, so what were some of those things that you did in that, that process? Like, how did you talk about your transition to other people or was there anything else that you did to try to help your help support yourself in that separating the ego from like your awesome career that you had that looked great on paper to something that felt much more authentic for you? I love that, Kayla, and I love that you're putting that practice into play because I think that's a huge part of our culture is like what we do. And I remember reading, I've, I read a lot of books, but I remember reading in one book, they were talking about this idea of being able to harness different identities and being okay with that and not just being tied to like that one thing. And that was really difficult for me. I think growing up with a family that, my, my family has always been very supportive of me and my goals, um, but also this, just this desire of wanting to make people proud and that desire of, I went to Northeastern and oh, I work at you know this hotel company that everyone knows and like, you know, all of these different things that definitely gave me that sense of purpose. Um, and for me, this has been a big part of my faith walk because part of my faith is like being humbled and being brought back to what really matters. And what really matters is how we care about people, how we impact people, how we treat people. Um, and you can do that in a variety of jobs. You can be in a super high up position and have an impact and positive influence on people, or you can work in a coffee shop and influence somebody because they come in and they're in a super bad place in their life and you are kind to them and you treat them with respect and that's what they needed to maybe change their mindset for the day. You just have no idea. And I think for me, changing my perspective and learning that um, we truly have an influence no matter where we are and whatever we're doing um, has really helped me get past my ego and start to see each day as okay, where does God have me right now? And how can I use this place to be the best person I can be for those that are in my sphere of influence right now? Um, so it's a constant battle. I, I will say I've come a long way, but the battle against the ego is an ugly one <laughs> most days because it, it is that whole, you know, like you said, trying to find your worth in how much money you make. That was a big one for me because I took a pay cut leaving my corporate position. And again, you know, still needing to have my responsibilities and pay my bills. And, you know, we had just bought a house at the time and that was a point of contention in my marriage was like, 
you know, hey, are you sure this is the right thing to do? And I was like, <laughs> I, I need to do this for my sanity, you know? Um, and, and Rodrigo has come a long way too and, and seeing how much it's affected me personally and just how much happier I am now. Um, and now we've come to a point where we've realized that, you know, money is important and we need money to do things, but money is not everything. And I have, I'm so glad I learned that at a young age because I think, again, our identity can be tied up into the things that we have, the house that we own, <laughs> the salary that we make, the luxurious trips that we can go on. And really none of those things can bring us happiness. I mean, we know that in our heads, but until you really experience it, like you couldn't pay me to go back to that crazy hustle and bustle, overwhelmed life that I was living before. Like nothing, you couldn't pay me enough money in the world to go back to that. So a question that I had for you that I'm actually really excited to learn from you on is how do you balance that kind of creative space with like the discipline of, okay, I just, I need to get stuff done today. Cause in my mind, they, they feel like very different, like energies. So going from like your corporate job of like, I have to get all this stuff done to I'm now creating a business and I need to be in that kind of more lofty space. Like to me, that seems like such like kind of a dichotomy that you, that you kind of have to play with. <laughs> it's definitely an experimentation process. And I think that something that's really important to remember as a creative that is in business is that you have to be able to embrace the process. Um, that is something I love to say all the time to my clients, to myself. It's so easy to just, you know, read business books and be like, okay, I'm going to copy what they're doing. Um, and you can get a lot of great knowledge from podcasts and books. And one of my issues is overconsumption of information, which tends mm. to overwhelm me. Um, a lot of times we just have to experiment with our own um, tendencies because we're all different. Um, I, if you're familiar with the Enneagram, I score very high on the seven, which is like the free spirit. I love to have freedom. I love to just like have all this space. Um, but like you were saying, in order to have a business, you also need to be grounded and you need to have metrics. You need to have things that get done. You need to have income producing activities that, you know, are helping you move your business forward. And it can be very hard to strike a balance. I wouldn't say it's necessarily striking a balance, but something that works well for me is knowing that pouring into myself is part of my job, right? Like pouring into mm. creating margin is actually part of my job. So, um, you know, for example, carving out space in my day for prayer, meditation, um, journaling, my workout, um, that's part of my job for me. Like I used to see that as like, oh, well, it's self-care. Like, yes, it's self-care, but if I don't do those things, I can't do my job well. So those things are always like my morning block. They're the first thing that happened in the day. I pour into myself. Um, I pour into my faith, which is a big part of what I do. Um, and then from there, pretty much right after that is when I try to fit in those non-negotiables, like things that need to get done that day. I get my content done in the morning. I try to um, really pour into building new relationships with women, um, vent during that time and connecting with like-minded individuals, doing things like this, um, and also pouring into my clients. And then 
I, I carve out a space in the afternoon to have lunch, walk with my dog, um, try and, you know, rest, have some like, and, and honestly, Kayla, this was so hard for me because that guilt of like, I should be working more. I should be getting more done. That whole, um, the expectations that we place on ourselves of like more is better. Um, that drove my anxiety so much in the beginning of my process, especially when I, I had the whole day to work on my business and I was working at the restaurant at night. I felt like I should be working my business eight hours a day, you know, this guilt. And what I've come to realize is that my quality of work is so much better when it's done in intentional pockets of time and knowing, okay, for two hours, I'm going to do this. And then I'm going to have two hours to go take lunch, walk with my dog, take a break. You know, sometimes I take a 20 minute nap (laughs) um, and just recharge. And then when I come back to things in the afternoon, I can then tackle more of like the admin kind of the grindy type of stuff in my business of like, okay, you know, the metrics, (laughs) getting into like the financial side of things or tracking my business or, you know, other stuff that just doesn't take as much energy. So, and you can flip flop that around if you find that the morning you're kind of sleepy and you want to get your admin stuff done in the morning and then, you know, have a little time in the afternoon to regroup and then tackle your creativity in the afternoon. That's great too. Other people are night owls. That works for them. I really think that especially for creatives, it's important that rest is a big part of that and just having space for your brain to just decompress, process ideas, um, because, just running, running, running and not like evaluating things doesn't get you anywhere. And then you're frustrated, you're tired, you're burnt out. And then you start thinking like, oh man, maybe I shouldn't be doing this at all. And you know, the doubt starts setting in. So I don't know if that helps. (laughs) It does. Um, So for people that are just thinking about starting a morning routine or like myself, like I've had morning routines in the past, the kind of ebb and flow that work for a particular time and then I kind of get out of it and then I try something new. What is something that you would recommend for people that want to get into a morning routine but don't yet have like their list of five or six things? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, The Miracle Morning is one of my favorite books. Um, I recommend it to all my new clients because they just really talk about why it's important to understand the power of the morning. And I think Sometimes people will say, oh, well, I'll just do those things later in the day. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think when we start our day with intention and we start our day with understanding the things that are important to us and not starting our day rushed, um, it really does set the tone. So if I were to advise somebody to start with one thing, I would just say, you know, what is that one thing you want to work on most? What is that top priority? For me, when I started my morning routine, years ago, I was, you know, working in hotel sales. I was working 10 to 12 hour days. I was trying to get into a consistent workout routine. I had no idea the power of personal development and reading and prayer and all these things. I completely did not even think about those things. I just woke up, (laughs) basically pressed play on my workout at home and just powered through a 20 minute workout every morning. That was my morning routine for like a solid six, seven months because I didn't have the capacity for anything else. Um, And then I started just adding on because I saw other people reading in the mornings. I saw other people journaling or doing other things. And I'm like, well, what's another 10 minutes? I'll just tack that on. Um, And 
little by little, I started seeing these shifts in my mindset, these shifts in my limiting beliefs and understanding that those 10 minutes matter. I have clients that come on board with me that think that they need to choose a program that's an hour a day. I, to this day, I don't think I've done a program that's longer than 30 minutes because I just, I don't, I don't think I need it. And, and I'm fine with that. You know, 30 minutes is enough to energize you to build your strength, um, especially when it's an effective workout. Um, but what we don't understand is the compound effect over time. Like five minutes of meditation every morning, you know, multiply that by 365 days. That's a lot of meditation over a year. And so for anyone starting a morning routine, really just starting with whatever's important to you um, and building off of that with habit stacking. Just add things as you go. And so how do you actually keep up your morning routine when you are traveling or when you're like at home for the holidays? I find that that can um, really throw me off. So if there are, you know, three or four other people in the same house, I, I feel um, insecure about maybe doing some yoga or doing some meditating. So do you just like not even worry about that at all? And like, just tell your family like, Hey, I'm going to be in my room. Like, don't bother me. Like, how do you, how do you actually make sure that that is time that you can protect for yourself and you actually get out of it what you need? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think at this point, like my family knows that if I don't really get my morning routine in, or if I don't have at least some quiet time to myself in the morning, I'm just not myself. Um, I have less patience. I don't feel the same way. Um, so it's not even so much of like, hey, I'm going to go do my morning routine. Most of the time, the way that I do it is I wake up earlier than people just so that it's done before people even get up typically. Um, that way, I don't feel like I'm missing out. I don't feel like I have to choose to like do my morning routine versus like having breakfast with my family if I'm visiting them. Or, um, you know, if you're on vacation and everyone's going to the beach or something, you don't feel like, oh, like I got to work out and everyone's going to the beach. Like if you just wake up 30, 40 minutes earlier, you bang out your workout, you take a shower and like you feel great, you know. Um, and so I know that and I know I know how good I feel when I do that, especially on vacation. So for me, it's like it's a non-negotiable. Um, it's how I feel my best. It's how I enjoy my day best. Also, Again, like to set myself up, like you're talking about before, the environment for success of bringing my notebook with me, my journal, or you know, bringing. I have workouts that I do on demand, so it makes it easy for me. I don't need to like find a gym to go to. I don't need to. I don't have all these extra steps that might make it harder for me. I just can can do it. And I've done these <laughs> this routine traveling to Peru. I worked in Costa Rica for three weeks with my dad, uh, you know, working remotely. We did our morning routine together. It was awesome. Um, it really is just understanding that when you build a morning routine, you're building it into your lifestyle and your lifestyle doesn't change with your environment. Your lifestyle comes with you. So it's like, you know, if I'm going to travel and going on a road trip, I'm going to brush my teeth every day. I don't not brush my teeth because I'm traveling. I feel the same way about my morning routine. That doesn't mean that there are some days where it just doesn't happen. There are some days where I miss my alarm and I need to get out the door and it doesn't happen. Um, I tend to have very anxious days when that happens because I don't feel like I'm set up on the right foot. 
Um, something that does help me though is right now I have a longer morning routine because I have more time and it's a little bit more extensive, but I also have like a shortened routine. So if I only have 20 minutes or 30 minutes, I know how I can condense it. So if I wake up late or something happens, I can still be proactive and say, okay, I'm going to cut my workout out, but I'm still going to have my prayer meditation time because for me, that's more important than a workout. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Can I tell you a quick story about um, a morning routine gone wrong yeah. that does not did not scale for me at all? <laughs> so this past fall, as you know, I, I was spending time in uh, Frisco, Colorado, and I loved starting my day every morning, kind of getting up a little bit before sunrise because I was still on East Coast hours and was keeping that for work since, since I was working mm-hmm. remotely. And so I'd kind of get up before the sunrise and I would go downstairs, like put the fireplace on and I would just kind of like sit on the carpet in front of this like beautiful, this beautiful fireplace mantle. And I like light some incense and I just kind of like walked through the air and it was just like this really serene moment. And I got in the habit of doing that each morning before Mm -hmm. I'd like make my coffee. And it was just like time away from you know, my phone, no interruptions, this like really kind of meditative state. And it was beautiful and I loved it. So over the holidays, I was visiting my family and I actually brought some like incense with me. And so I'm in Florida and I'm like in my parents' study. And so I'm like, I raise the blinds up because I want to see the morning sunlight come in, like what I had in Colorado. And there's all of these like old people walking past me, trying to wave to me like in the house, because that's just what you do in Florida. Everybody waves to each other. So I'm like, Oh my God, I close the blinds on the window. And so then I like light my incense and it's kind of like walking through the room. And then it just gets super powerful because the air is so humid there. And the furniture smelled for like three days. And I just had this like shame of like, Oh my God, this must be how people felt if they were teenagers, like smoking in their parents' house. I'm like, Oh my gosh. So that did not work at all. I did not have my morning week routine around my family. Right. And so to your point, like when you don't have that time, you just feel like kind of off and it's like, for me, I agree with you, like, a little bit more irritable, mm-hmm. just, like, not my best self. So what I'm trying to focus on now, because I want to do more traveling this year, is to think about, like, what are the pieces of my morning routine that will just be the same regardless of where I am? Like, I'll probably have a coffee maker wherever I go. Okay, maybe making my coffee can be kind of part of this ritual that I have. And so I I love what you were sharing around, like, you can bring your journal anywhere you go. You can download workout videos and bring that with you on, like, a tablet anywhere you go. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of what I'm working through right now, trying to, like, experiment, kind of going back to what you mentioned at the start, like, experiment with, like, what actually is working for me. Um, Not there yet, but that's what I'm working on. I also wanted to add to something you touched on was time away from your phone. Uh, That is huge because I think, um, you know, the majority, I forget, I just read a book on this, but... The majority of people reach for their phone and check their notifications like before they even get out of bed. And it's like, it's the worst thing that we can do because we start our day in a reactive state of, oh my gosh, my email, I missed this from my boss. Oh, this person, you know, my mom texted me, whatever. Um, one trick that I have to 
get better about implementing is just putting your phone on airplane mode before you go to sleep and having it on airplane mode when you wake up just for like that morning routine, that morning, you know, couple of minutes, whatever, 30 minutes. And you'll be surprised. It's like, you're just not as tempted to check because it's on airplane mode. You don't even look at your phone. If you can leave your phone in the other room, even better. Um, but setting yourself or in being grounded before going into your day and not just being reactive, especially to our phones is huge. Um, I will also recommend turning off notifications on your phone. I don't have anything on my phone except for texts. Uh, I mean, for notifications. Um, I don't have Facebook or any social media or email um, as notifications on my phone. And that saves my sanity because a big part of my business is online. And I would constantly just be reacting to my phone if I didn't have that. And some people will say, oh, well, how do you remember? Well, I go into social media a couple of times a day to respond and to be there, but it's on my time. I get to be proactive with how I use my phone versus my phone controlling me. <laughs> um, and I don't know anybody that can have all the notifications on their phone and not be reactive to that because it's just, it's against human nature to not respond to dings and noises and vibrations all day. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, even just like the words you're using too. So if you're showing up in a reactive state, like how you're likely engaging with people versus if you're showing up proactively and you're like, oh, I carved this time out. Like this is what I'm supposed to be doing right now. You're how you're engaging people. Do you see like a shift there because you, you are kind of in that kind of more purposeful state. I would, I would assume that you, that you would. Definitely. Well, and especially like when I go into my work mode, I put music on, I get into the right mind space. Like when I'm, when I'm talking with either potential clients or like-minded women that I'm building relationships with for other projects and collaborations, I want them to feel my best energy. Like I don't want to just be responding to them. Like that's my job is to show up in that way and to help other people also show up as the best, as their best selves. So for me to like just be on the couch kind of watching TV and answering messages here and there, like it's kind of undoing all the hard work that I was doing before, you know? I love that. I love that. And it just, it's such a great way to give us all permission to be more purposeful. And we'll leave the conversation there. Christina, thank you so much for joining us today. For those of you that are interested in reaching out to Christina, you can find her at cultivateandrise.com and on Instagram, Christina with a K, Balareso, B-A-L-A-R-E-Z-O. And in closing, I will leave you with two quick anecdotes of friends that are inspiring me with their routines. First of all, my friend Mary Jane, she is redoing a camper van right now and spending a lot of time in the outdoors. And she loves starting her day by going out into the sunshine and really being intentional about soaking up all of that energy and light and love into her skin and it traveling all throughout her body. I love that visualization and it's kind of what sunbathing should be. I love it. And my friend Misha, my former coworker that I adore, he is taking three weeks off in between jobs and he's building this beautiful terrace in this gorgeous English garden that he has behind his home in New York. And he's finding that 
splitting his days is really working well for him. So he spends his morning being really productive, doing things like woodworking that bring him joy. And then he spends his afternoon a little bit more low key, reading, reflecting, spending time with his wife. And this experience is really bringing him back to a really peaceful, recharged state. So whatever shifts and changes you're going through right now, I hope this episode helped and I wish you all the best on your journey. If you liked this episode, please subscribe to Growth with Girlfriends for more conversations like this one.